Hello, all of you listeners of the chat. I'm your host, Casey Hutchison, and today we are honored to be interviewing daytime soap legend Kathleen Noon, and we are talking about it all from her days at All My Children to Passions to Sunset Beach and everything in between. We are so excited. Kathleen, how are you doing today? I'm doing really well. We have a beautiful day here in Southern California to enjoy, and I'm enjoying it. Oh, wonderful. Um, I'm going to go ahead and turn things over to our co-host, Tiggs, as he asks you the first question in our little interview here. Okay, great. Well, I loved the Wonderful Pets. Because at first, I didn't really know <laughs> then it becomes a whole lot of ball game. And because then you have to see what the orangutan, what the Bam Bam is going to do. Precious is going to do. So uh, that also added to it. As far as the character doing something different, I loved it when um, we intertwined with one another, Tabitha and I. It was always fun, and it would have been fun if they had, for a moment, given um, Edna that chance to be magically made glamorous, and she can't take it. And then they right. I, that was where my mind. Yeah. I would have loved that. I would have loved for Tabitha to just, you know, cast hell on her, like, girl, look at you, and, and you're finally being able to, and finally being able to be herself, and, you know, have a life of her own outside of death, and like you said, she just can't take it. She's just, like, it comes out of yeah. the <laughs> It's too much fun to do the everything. <laughs> <laughs> That's for sure. And at that point in my life and my career, I, I 
I have to tell you, I felt so blessed that I was given the trust to create such an outrageous character. I never auditioned for that. That that role was just offered to me by wow. Isaac Cassette. Um, you know, who was uh, the executive producer. Because we had worked together, um, uh, what was the show that I did before? Um, uh, Sunset Beach. And um, I, for some reason, she thought that I could play that role. And I was so glad that she was willing to think outside the box and recommend me for it. And then we took off. We just took off with the role, and it became so fun. And I went to town. My imagination was triggered, and I just said, oh, this is going to be a fun time, and went for it. I was so thankful for the job, because it was one of the most creative jobs I had done as an actor, because it was so the antithesis of who I am. And that was great fun. Great, great fun. Wow, that is so amazing to hear you tell the story, Kathleen. Wow. <laughs> um, oh, thank you. Uh, I love it. See, when you're iconic like that, you get all the offices. No audition. You did it, girl. Yeah. Well, you have to understand, you know, when we would do these scenes in the kitchen, when I was talking about uh, Precious Bamak before, um, she loved food. He loved food. And you never, you'd put out the kitchen table with food on And his, his trainer would either be over my shoulder or one of the other actor's shoulders getting his attention, telling him, no, don't touch that or don't do this. <laughs> and once he got to learn it, once we started the dialogue, we wouldn't necessarily stop. So he would wait till he started the dialogue and the cameras were rolling. And that's when he would sneak up and grab food off the plate. <laughs> <laughs> and he would be so strong. I remember there was one scene where we tried to keep him distracted with props. And so we handed him a brush, right? Just to, to be looking. Because they'll usually they look and explore and taste and all the other thing. And what he did is he broke it right in half. Oh my gosh. Wow. Wonderful. Snap. And I thought, oh my God, you don't want to miss You know? <laughs> oh, I'll tell you a wonderful story I had with Bam Bam. We were doing a scene in the living room. And uh, uh, not my living room, it was, uh, was it Palmer's? No, who was the leading man, the older leading man who had the, the, the very rich? Oh, Alistair? Um, Alistair. Thank you. Thank you. No, no, that's Aaron Sanders is, is uh, all my children. Um, Alistair Gray. <laughs> but, but what we did is we were in there <laughs> and we were at a reception for a wedding. So Bam Bam and I are sitting in the last two seats and behind us is the back end of a, uh, a bar that they had put in that had all the glasses in it, you know, for the reception. And so he's curious and he's, he's sitting next to me and he, of course he turns around and sees this. So I know of course that his hand is going up there to see what's going on. And he, 
where his hand explored the entire bomb uh, bar, went around it, and then he shook it. And the glass <laughs> started to shatter in it, and it, it frightened him. So instead of running to his trainer, he jumped on my lap. Uh -huh. And I oh, felt wow. like my heels. He likes me. He really likes me. So he's just kind of saying that would happen all the time, you know, in strange ways. But it was, I, that's what I'm saying, it was delicious. Where else would I have ever gotten an opportunity like that with the exception of a wild and out there imagination? you know, that James had and his writing. It was just a great gift in that regard. Truly a great gift. Rodrigo, what about you? What's your first question for Kathleen? Well, Kathleen, I have to say, uh, one person I'm very excited that I'm talking to is my mother. Uh, oh, my goodness. She immigrated here from Haiti in 1977. And... To learn English, she had to watch soap operas. The first soap opera she watched was All My Children. So I asked her, I told her I'm going to interview Kathleen Hoon, who played Ellen. She said, Ellen? Oh, my Ellen? My Ellen? Oh, my goodness. Uh -huh. My Ellen? Like, she loved All My Children was the show mm -hmm. she fell in love with, with Ellen and Mark and that whole storyline. And, like, she... Just wanted me to tell you hi. My name is Carol. Um, so she wanted me to tell you hi. And uh, I just want to let you know that it's first, first hand. So I'm very excited oh, to talk to you. you. Thank you for sharing that, and I so appreciate that. And Carol, just I send you good thoughts and much happiness. How nice of you to share that with me. Thank you. Thank you. Well, my first question is, out of all your soap roles, Kathleen, daytime, and prime time, which one do you stick out the most and why? Hmm. Gee. See, that's, that's not an easy answer for me because each of them held their own reward. Having gone from All My Children, where I played such a Mother Earth kind of character, you know, um, uh, looking at her daughters and the husband with the drug issues, etc., etc. Uh, that was kind of a wonderful, wonderful role, and I loved Agnes Nixon and all the wonderful writing that she did for that, and uh, which enabled me to get receive the Emmy Award. But going from that, that kind of Mother Earth kind of woman, to playing such a witch on on Knott's Landing. <laughs> and oh I and yes. I love that. I was given, I must say, I fear the grace to have a lot of variety in my career. And I'm so grateful for that because I started in the theater. And in the theater I was trained and all oh, my training was in doing a variety of roles, developing your skills as an actor to do many different things, to develop characters. So I felt to go from Mother Earth to then a world witch. <laughs> There's another initial to put in front of witch. And, um, and just have uh, a role that was so conniving. And at the same time, I tried to bring some humor to that with her evil doing. And it, 
again, it was great fun. I was that was my, a role that gave me a really good breakthrough to uh, California. Because that's not an easy transition to go from daytime to prime time when I was in the process of doing it. And uh, I was so glad after coming, moving out to uh, Los Angeles uh, to get a series regular role a year and a half after I got out here. And people were telling me that's very quick. And to me, it sounded felt like an eternity. But um, I did guest starring roles you know, in between that, before I'd gotten that series. Uh, but I was, again, so grateful for, to have the series because I felt it established me in Los Angeles as a series, you know, a contract role player. And then it made it easier to go on to places like L.A. Law and the other different shows and then to get into all the comedy stuff that I did. But I always, my favorite was always coming back to daytime. I really mean that. Because eight, daytime was daring. It started with uh, Agnes Nixon. She created roles and when she wrote uh, the role with me in mind, she started to do stories that had more social significance. You know, having a daughter who had a baby at her wedlock. People weren't dealing with that. They weren't dealing with a lot of drug addictions in television shows at that point. Um, and then, uh, so she gave me roles that, uh, in the character of Ellen, that uh, really helped me hold that, what can I say, the, the social conflict that went on at the time, you know? And we were breaking... Uh, we were breaking the mold there with those storylines, and it paid off because that was the one, the whole drug scene that Mark, I played with Mark Lemura, may he rest in peace, um, uh, was the one that got me the Emmy Award. And uh, she would continue to write things like that, and I was always so grateful for that, that she gave me that as a base. And then from there, to be able to move on to other things, was really a, a great gift, a great, great gift for me. But to have variety in all these roles that I played, to, so to say that was there one favorite? No, because each provided something wonderful, interesting, challenging, fun, and I got to work with such wonderful people. So there's nothing bad with any of that. And what was good was really marvelous. What I loved about daytime compared to primetime television, with daytime you came in, you established a role, and you were able to run with it for all its colors and all its shapes. And in primetime, you do to a degree, but it's shorter. There's something shorter about the developmental process in that. And I really liked the format of daytime. It was like being a part of a repertory company um, for television. And I had come from that in the theater. I had worked at different, different repertory companies around the country doing all sorts of plays and classical and modern plays. And I loved that kind of thing because you felt a part of a company. I'm sorry if I'm going on too long. No, but, we uh, love this. Oh, God, please, girl, listen to you all night, please. 
<laughs> and felt as though I could be a part of something and develop it. So I really loved that for me. And was as, as much as I was fortunate still being able to work in film and television, daytime was always where my heart was because I really loved that whole sense of working together with a group of people and creating something. You know, uh, in prime time and in film, you're given your script, you're expected to go and hit your mark unless you're doing the leading work in it. You're just coming in there to help fulfill something in the story. Whereas in daytime, you're really there to help create the character, develop it. They feed off of you and you feed off of the writers. You see, so it's a back and forth that is to me was terrific when I was in daytime. I don't know what it is today. Now, Kathleen, after you left All My Children, you mentioned and went through your amazing success in primetime. But in 1997, it was surprising to see you turn up in daytime again, this time as Aunt Bet on Sunset Beach. So how did Sunset Beach come about for you after so many years away from daytime? Again, I was uh, offered the role. Um... Gary Tomlin and um, Aaron Spelling, they uh, offered me the role. And again, I was so thankful for that because, again, it was another thing I could fly away with. And uh, I got a chance to work with Aaron Spelling, who was one of the most gracious people you could ever meet or work with in your life. Uh, there was one time when we were in my dressing room, we were just going to go over the lines for the scene we were going to do together because he was one of my eight husbands. And um, <laughs> I had... Uh, oh, yes, I remember that. That was hard. I used to. Such fun. And we had a... We went over the lines and everything, and then we just started to talk. And he was gracious. He... I mean, of course, we all knew Aaron Spelling, but he said, tell me about you, what have you been doing? So I told him I had a master's degree, I was getting a master's degree in spiritual psychology and everything, and you would think I told him that, you know, the heavens opened up. Well, friends came in, his associates, he said, you know, this woman has a master's degree already, and she's going for a second one, and I was so humbled and taken aback <laughs> by that. Um, because I had gotten a Master of Fine Arts uh, out of college and graduate school when I was in my 20s, and then later on I went back and got another Master's degree in Spiritual Psychology wow. when I was on Sunset Beach. And uh, he could not have been more supportive. And his son was lovely to work with. Very shy, very quiet, you know, and but... They were, Aaron Spelling was the paramount gentleman, absolute gentleman. He understood the word and he treated you as such. And I will never forget that. I always held him and do hold him in high regard. Wow, that's amazing. Wow. <laughs> um, Tiggs, what's your second question for Kathleen? Well, my second question is, you know, are you 
willing to, would you be willing to go back to daytime? And if so, what type of character would you want to play at this stage of your life? Ah, interesting. Um, yes, if something were offered to me that, again, I thought would be fun and interesting to play, um, that had some sassiness to it, <laughs> you know, um, uh, that would be great fun. You know, I don't mind being older. I don't mind having the lines on my face and being a character woman now. That, to me, has so much richness to it. And finally, television is becoming more acceptant of that. I wish they had more roles for older women um, uh, and weren't so frightened by that and older women looking older. But it also means you have to create the role. So a woman my age can play it, you know? Um, So if it was interesting and would be, you know, something that would be fun that we could come in and have a good time with, (laughs) you know, uh, I don't know what's going to happen to the daytime industry now from this COVID, you know? And I'm deeply concerned for all the people that, employed and you must remember it employed quite a number of people yes who were able to have jobs not just in front of the camera but always behind you know uh and they we, we always had terrific crews just great crews of men and women um that were working behind the scenes for us on all levels uh so it, it, we talk about taking a team effort you know, it takes a village. It really took a village to create and does take a village to create daytime. And it has its place in the world because just like your mom, you know, you look at good storytelling. That's what you want, good storytelling. And soaps, usually when they are written well and have good guidance from people who understand good storytelling, they're wonderful. They're wonderful in their own genre. And they, um, as I said, they broke ground in ways before primetime did, in many, many, many ways. So I felt privileged to be a part of daytime. And uh, I I will always feel that way. Always. Rodrigo, what about you? What's your second question for Kathleen? Kathleen, you mentioned earlier the groundbreaking intervention of Mark Dalton, played by the late great Mark Lemura. Tell me about those scenes, because today it's still talked about today. You mentioned a top 10 list of the greatest episodes or moments of daytime. Mark Dalton's intervention is always mentioned. So tell me about... No, thank you for telling me. Yes. So tell me about what you remember about those scenes, how they played, and the impact it had during that time? Well, uh, it's, gee, that was such a powerful time. And uh, I, again, I was blessed to be playing opposite a terrific actor. I, you cannot do it alone on these sets. You may actors may think they can, and if so, they're just overshadowed by their own egos, because that's not the case. If you are working with a really great actor, he brings out the best in you, and Mark did that for me without question. And 
we we knew that this was just an important storyline, and we wanted to do it very, very well. Uh, and the whole build-up to it that he had to play, you know, uh, deception to this wife that he loved, but he was actively controlled by the drug. Um, and he played that with such subtlety and such, and, and absolutely so wonderful with it. So that when we got to playing that one, that scene, that one day, that certainly, where I won the Emmy, um, it, it was full out from all of our parts. We knew we had to do we knew we were playing something really important. So our concentration from the moment we walked in that door was on that scene and bringing our full honesty to that moment. Do you know that they used to show those scenes we were told by the NBA, uh, they would show that scene to some of their players in the beginning because they didn't want them you have to remember, at that time, particularly in New York City, there's a lot of heavy drug use from everybody. Yes. You know, so they tried to show them those scenes to uh, prevent them, these young ball players, from, you know, falling into the trap. And I got a letter once from a young lady who said to me, I had been a drug addict. And she said, I uh, got myself cleaned up and I ran into some serious problems again. And she said, the day I was going to leave my house to go out and start buying drugs again, that scene came on the air and it stopped me. Oh my gosh. into a rehab center. I mean, my God. Wow. That kind of, but that's the kind of thing that happened all, all the time. Some people just happen to catch something you were doing on the air and you helped their life in some way. I would have children when we would go out and do these appearances around the country. Um, uh, Joyce and Alan Sugarman would put together these events at the different malls and they'd have two and three, sometimes 4,000 people show up to these things at malls. And as I remember one time I was being brought from the back room, holding room we were in, out to the center, and a young child breaks the ranks from her, whoever her guardian was, runs over to me, grabs my arm, and she says to me, can you please, please, please be my mother? My mother oh. doesn't hear me or listen to me. I mean, you would be, just hit with so many of these kind of stories from people who want to reach out, want to be heard, and what soap opera did, certainly the time I was a part of it in its heyday, particularly on All My Children, is provided a, a place, a safe place, for someone to tune into in their living room or den, follow the story, care about the people, and feel as if everything eventually was going to be okay. And when people are frightened and don't see a way out, and they see you struggling with something, uh, whatever the storyline is, uh, either, you know, when I had a storyline with a wonderful actor, um, the character was Paul, was played by Bill Mooney, and um, he, his... Uh, wife was in a mental institution, uh, 
of course, the way they worked it out is that our two characters fell in love with each other, and he was going to divorce her in the mental institution, always take care of her, divorce her, and then we were to get married. But, of course, the minute we're going to get married, she's going to get better, right? <laughs> um, and we got such a powerful letter from a man who was originally in Texas, and he said that storyline is the first thing I have seen on television in two, three years, and he said, it's my life. He said, I was, uh, my wife was in the hospital. She was not going to get better. The doctors told me this time and time and time again. And uh, he said, the doctor advised him, he says, you've got to get on with your own life. This is not going to change. And so he always would go visit her, et cetera, et cetera. He finally met somebody. They fell in love. They were going to get married. He presented it to his, his, you know, wife's family, and they fought him tooth and nail. Didn't want him to get divorced from the woman in the mental institution from his wife. Oh my God! And um, they, he got a lawyer because he said, "No, I will always take care of her, but I, I've got to get, I've got, can't do this." And so they went to court. And the night before the court case, the lawyer felt as though they were going to win, so they were celebrating, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And um, he, uh, they go to the court case. The judge rules against him. After that, he and his the gal that he loved come home, and three days later, the gal that he loved dies of a stroke from the stress of everything. He passes. He moves out of the country, and he says this is the first time he's communicated with anybody because he was watching the story. He said, please have these two characters grab the brass ring on the merry-go-round. I'll never forget that phrase. Oh, he said, because life is too short, and you want love any way you can. So, I mean, these are the kinds of things, and you realize this isn't just doing, oh, what some people refer to as a soap opera and tell the stories. Some people are deeply affected by these things, and by these stories, and the people, and the, how they're created. And my hat's off to these writers, even today, for all the wonderful stories they're creating uh, for people who do become attached to them, you know? Uh, so, in that regard, I would never have traded one thing in my profession for all the different roles that I have played. Uh, and whatever's going to happen, I don't think there'll be much now at this point in my life. Um, but it, I'm felt so privileged to be a part of it all. Amazing story. Thank you for sharing that. <laughs> <laughs> I, ju I think we were all just trying to soak that in. Wow. Yeah, yeah, that, that, I was not expecting, that was, that was, that was a turn. That shows you life comes at you fast. Yes, it does. That poor man, he just crapped out on both ends. Jesus. Yeah. Yeah, life just hands you some things sometimes which ah, surprises you. But it's not about the fall, it's how you get up. Amen. That's right. I always choose to try and get up with dignity and grace and a sense of spirit. That's all we can ask of ourselves. Yes. You know?
Now, Kathleen, you've gotten material through the years from some amazing television powerhouses, from Agnes Nixon to Aaron Spelling, and of course, the late, great James E. Riley. Um, what do you miss most about those people that I've named, and what did they give you as an actress through your decades in daytime? There is two words for that, collaboration and opportunity. Uh, the ability to collaborate, I was so thankful that at that moment in New York City, when I, I did audition for the role of Ellen, and that Agnes saw something that she liked because she changed my life. You know, instead of having to live in New York and constantly go out and try and find jobs all over the country, I was able to stay in New York and build a life for myself, having that job, which was wonderful. Gave me great security. And, and Tim <laughs> put me in a place of such wonderful creativity um, that I absolutely, dearly, dearly loved it. And as I said, I'm spelling, I'm so grateful and thankful for the job that, that Gary, um, Tomlin, who was the executive producer, said, I want you to do this role. And I thought, yes, I'll do it. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like fun to me. And um, because I like being a team player, I was always about that. So they gave me an opportunity. I was given an opportunity in this life to have that fulfilled for myself. I was raised as a team player. You know, my father was like that. You know, whatever we're going to do, we're going to get in, try and do it together and make it happen, and et cetera, et cetera. And I, and I always uh, admired and appreciated that and uh, received the benefits of that. So I enjoyed working in that kind of atmosphere. So daytime for me gave me those gifts and those particular people in each phase came along at a certain phase in my life that was really important to me to make that leap. And I'm, I'm just always forever grateful for uh, that blessing in my life, without question. Kathleen, at this time, we just want to thank you for coming on our show and allowing us to interview you about your history and daytime and even a little bit of prime time. And please come back anytime you would like. We would love to have you again. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you so much, Kathleen. We really appreciate it. It's so iconic. To, uh, yes. Thank you. How gracious of you to say that. I so appreciate that. And I wish you all the very, very best. And please stay in good health and safe. Thank you so much. You as well. Thank you so much. Okay. Bye-bye. 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 All righty, Tiggs. Where can our listeners find you on Twitter? The best 11985. Be a messy. <laughs> and Rodrigo, where can they find you? You can find me at Rodrigo's World 81. And you can find me at KCS Hutch. And you can celebrate our one year anniversary with us by getting connected uh, with us on Facebook and Twitter at The Chat Podcast. Thank you for a lovely year. And here is to many more years of The Chat.
Right now. Right now. Hey. Kathleen. Oh, love you.